Welcome to Come Along for the Ride, where we love to bring consciousness to the horse world and thus making the world a better place for horses. I'm your host, Tracy Malone. I was born on Wiradjuri country and this podcast is brought to you from Turrbal and Yagara country. I'd like to recognise the first Australian's custodianship of this country for tens of thousands of years and their connection to land, water, community and our sacred animals. I am grateful to elders past, present and emerging. I have great pride to live on country where the oldest known human beings tended to this land. To the conscious horse people who came before me to lead the way. To those who stand beside me in our community now. And for those who will continue after we are long gone. I'd like to say thank you for being a part of the global change we are making to the welfare and training of horses. If you'd like to support the podcast and all the work that Lauren and I do, then you can. Just head on over to patreon.com slash come along for the ride podcast and sign up. From as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can help me keep this podcast going. There are many tiers that you can choose from. And if everyone who listens gave only $5 a month, it would make a massive positive difference to me. There is a tier in there for small business subscription, just like the one Peter Papp took up from Peter and the Herd. This is the one where your business gets a mention each podcast episode. Peter works with equine behaviour and trauma recovery, equine communication and human and horse relationship building. Peter has had communication with my mare Gypsy, who was the mare with me in the podcast picture. And he was spot on about everything in there and he helped me a lot. So I can highly recommend his work personally. Peter has also helped some of the listeners of this podcast, all of those who speak very highly of his work. You can contact Peter by looking him up on Facebook under Peter and the Herd, or you can go to the show notes and follow the links there. In this episode, I speak with Jim Masterson, the creator of the Masterson Method. The Masterson Method is a form of bodywork that you can learn to do on your own horse, like a lot of natural alternative therapies, and you can also go deeper into training and become a practitioner if that's the way you would like to go. I've always marvelled at the amount of bodywork modalities in both the human and horse world, and I've always loved the fact that there are so many because it's a reflection of the individuality of both humans and horses. With all of our complexities and differences, we can look at what can support us and our horse at any moment in time and we've got a lot to choose from and I love that. The Masterson method is one of those that you may very well want in your toolbox and not just for the sake of bodywork. What I learned in this conversation with Jim is how this is more than a bodywork for horses. It's also a way to connect with your horse. If you can do this method of bodywork then you will be a conscious horse person. Have a listen to figure out why. Because to do this work, you have to let your mind go. Let go of the outcome and see what your horse has to say or how they respond in each moment. And as you'll hear in the podcast, people who have done this have actually transformed their own lives just by doing a body work, a form of body work. It's, um, it's that cool. It's amazing. And it does sound really amazing, right? I hope your interest is piqued and you're getting ready to have a listen to a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you to all those listeners 
um, who believed Jim was going to be a great podcast guest and asked me to interview him, as you were right. I really enjoyed this conversation and, uh, and it's got me fired up because I can see the change even in the bodywork world of what conscious horse people are coming through and that excites me to no end. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Sit back and relax and enjoy the wonderful Jim Masterson. Here is Jim. Jim, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. You're welcome. Can you first of all tell me a little bit about what it is that you do? Well, um, we teach a, a form of equine body work that I kind of stumbled upon or came across when I was grooming uh, show jumpers here in the States. And it's a, it's a, a method of equine body work that's very interactive with the horse. Um, you, you, you learn how to read subtle body changes in body language in the horse as you're working on the horse. Uh, I call them responses, responses to touch. And if you follow um, what the horse's nervous system or body is telling you through these visual cues, uh, you can get the horse to, to participate in the process of releasing the tension. You, work, you end up working with, uh, as I learned later, the parasympathetic nervous system um, instead of the trying to get through the sympathetic nervous system, which is kind of the guarding or bracing uh, or survival part of the nervous system. So um, uh, I as I say, I kind of noticed these changes in the horse uh, or subtle changes in behavior when I was observing massage therapists or chiropractors or osteos work on uh, show jumpers. And I kind of experimented with it and, and it and developed this way of working on the horse in which the horse participates in the process. And then I started doing that uh, on the show jumper circuit here in the States. And I did that for nine years. And um, got a huge education just working on tons and tons of horses. Um, and I, I realized early on that people were gonna want to learn how to do this because it is interactive with the horse and it really has a lot to do with your relationship with the horse. It's super effective in, on the performance level, uh, releasing tension that improves performance. But you know, I knew people were gonna wanna start learning it. So I started teaching it and then uh, I was right. People wanted to learn it and it developed into a a pretty big program that we have now teaching it all over the all over the world we have uh, instructors in the states in canada in europe and um a couple in new zealand and one in australia now and we have we are probably going to have a couple more soon and i used to go to australia every year but uh, this last year was out <laughs> so mm. um and it'll be a little uh, while yet but anyways so that's that's what up. uh that's what we do Beautiful. I would like to go back even a little bit further. How did you get into horses? Did you grow up with them? Well, I grew up with horses when I was a kid. You know, we had the family horse and I had my, my pony. And then I, you know, I worked on a, a small ranch when I was a teenager. My best friend's dad had a ranch. And then I was away from horses for a long time, <clears throat> maybe on and off with them over the years. And then in 1997, um, I was kind of between jobs and I, I didn't really want to get a real job. So um, my wife suggested I go to work for a show jumping barn that here where we are uh, in this town we live in, there was a show jumping barn and the trainer needed a groom to go on the road with her to haul the horses to the shows and, and uh, groom and take care of them at the shows. And so that's when I got back into horses. And uh, within a couple of years, I kind of fell onto this thing and um, and uh, 
started working on horses of my own on the show Jumping Circuit and eventually was doing that full time. Um, so that's, that's how the kind of the, believe it or not, that's the short answer. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's the short answer. Yeah. So did you ride yourself? What kind of, did you, yeah. when you worked on ranches? Oh, I didn't did ride you... competitively. I rode as a kid and, yeah. and I, I have two Morgans now that I trail ride and I drive, I, I drive them as a pair. Oh. Um, just, uh, it's just for recreation. And did you ride cattle on the ranch when you said you worked on a ranch? Yeah, so I was only a teenager and they had, um, I don't know, anywhere from like 10 to 20 head of cattle and he boarded horses and, and um, it was just, uh, it wasn't a job, it was just hanging out, out, hanging out on weekends and summers, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. at the ranch. So Sounds like heaven. It was, it was fun, it wasn't work. Mm, yeah, exactly. So if I got a job as a groom for someone in show jumping, I can't imagine that I would then create a form of body work, body work for horses. So how exactly did that come about? I'm really interested in the inception of this, of this whole worldwide movement that you've created. Yeah. It, so um, like I wasn't trained in massage therapy or anything, and I didn't really didn't have any interest in, in doing this. But when I, I was kind of inspired by a couple of things that happened while I was grooming the, the um, jumpers. Um, one was, uh, we were at, um, I live in Iowa, it's in the center of the country and we showed from in the Midwest and on the East coast and down to Florida. So we would go to the Lexington, Kentucky to shows. And then we would go down, down to Ocala and ended up in Wellington, which is kind of the Mecca in the winter of show jumping in on the, in the West Eastern half of the United States. And there was a horse chiropractor from who lived in California. He was from New Zealand. Um, and he'd been adjusting horses for 40 years. And he learned from some other old guy who'd been doing it in New Zealand for 40 years. And he, he was, you know, he, he didn't go to school. He just learned it from an old horse chiropractor. And he used very long lever and forceful um, adjustment techniques. But he was really good at observing the horse while he was working on it. And he also got amazing results. I mean, just amazing. The vets on the East Coast would fly him up to work on their, their clients' horses. So he would work on our, our show barns horses. And I, and I was fascinated by that and I wanted to do what he did. So, but the part that I liked was one that he could really uh, make a difference in the horse and two that he was really good at reading the horse. And for example, after he, he got an adjustment he would do a very long labor adjustment to get the, you know, the pole and atlas and all the neck and maybe part of the withers all in one go. And he would step back to see what the horse had to say he called it. And if he got a good adjustment the, the horse would, uh, would maybe drop its head and lick and chew and maybe blink a few times and then it would start yawning. So to him, that was a sign he got a good adjustment. And then he went, when he would go back to ask for the movement again in, the, in that part of the horse he was working on, it would be freed up. So that, that yawning was a huge, huge um, indication to him that something, uh, that, it, that something good had happened. And, um, but then later um, we were at a show in Estes Park, Colorado showing and there were the, the, our trainer hired uh, these two ladies to they were massage therapists to massage your horses and they started out their treatment with something called the bladder well they would go down this line called the bladder meridian they didn't call it a technique they said they would just run their hands lightly down this um, the line that kind of follows along the top side of the horse and goes down along the back and down the hind legs and it's a Chinese medicine meridian and uh, but it was a pathway for them to just run their hands very lightly down and relax the horse and connect with the horse. And I noticed as they were doing that, the horse would blink every once in a while at a certain point. And I could see that the horse was 
feeling something at that spot. And um, the horse would relax and it would drop his head and lick and chew. And they would do the run their hand down and then they would start their massage treatment. Well, I was kind of intrigued by that, um, those blinks. And so I, I asked them to show me how to, you know, where the bladder meridian was and how to do that. And they showed me. And then I, as I would run my hand, say I'm starting up by the pole and I'd be running my fingers very lightly down just the barely touching the hair and the horse would blink. I, to make, I knew he was blinking because he was feeling something, but to make sure I would go back over that spot again. And, and the, if he blinked, blinked, if he blanked, if he blinked at the same exact spot, then there was a correlation there between what I was doing and the horse was feeling. So um, rather than massage it or whatever, I wasn't trained to do anything. I just wait there lightly, not putting any pressure on the horse, just staying very light. And the horse would blink some more and then he'd start to drop his head. And then he might start to lick and chew. And in some cases he would shake his head and start yawning repeatedly. So there was a connection there. So that, you know, I, I figured out or started to figure out that the horse was releasing tension just by me paying it, making him aware of where he was holding tension in a way that he couldn't brace against it. So I was using no pressure so he couldn't brace against it. So that's kind of what got me really interested and in, in, in inspired to do this. And so I started experimenting with it and I started working on our Barnes horses and I started to add movement uh, techniques, gentle manipulations that didn't, they didn't, you didn't need a lot of force. You didn't force anything, but you asked for relaxed movement. And I learned that if you move a joint or a junction, or even a muscle through a range of motion in a relaxed state, meaning the horse isn't um, bracing against it, that, that the horse release tension re will release tension in the connective tissue of that joint or junction. And I knew that because he would start yawning. And because when I went to move it the second time, it would be, it wouldn't, there wouldn't be any resistance to it. So I just, you know, just by experimenting, I started to put together techniques that, that worked. And, um, and I, and in that, level of competition they don't hire you if it doesn't work so I knew it was effective and um, like I said I got a huge education just by working on you know five or six or seven hundred horses a year um, horse after horse after horse and um, within a few years I realized people wanted to learn it so I would start doing weekend seminars and clinics and then um, people were asking for more so I did a five-day advanced course and then massage therapists and they were wanted to get a certification. So eventually we put together a certification program and now I have instructors uh, um, teaching and I teach the final certification part of it. Um, and it just turned, in, it turned into this. And like I say, it's, it's about relationship with the horse. I realized that, that the performance aspect was only part of it. The, the, the connection you make with your horse and the change in the way the horse sees you as a human changes sometimes you know within one instantly in some or within one session and so uh, that's a that's a big attraction to people that own horses and so it appeals to just about anybody that has anything to do with horses mm. and when you say you get that relaxation is that from the movement that you say you when you're working with the horse not on the horse how do you make a horse relax into a into a movement or an adjustment or whatever it is you're doing? Yeah, the first, the, the, there are two types of techniques we do. One, the, one of them is just very light. You know, I call it searching for a response, which would be any subtle change in the horse's behavior, maybe a blink or the eyelid twitching or a lip twitching. You search for a response and then you stay there, putting no pressure on it until you get a release, which is a larger response, a sign of, you know, licking, chew, licking chewing, snorting, sneezing, uh, shifting weight from leg to leg. So the, the the idea there is you're staying underneath the horses. I call it under the radar. You're staying underneath their 
their bracing response, which is easy to do when you're not asking for movement. But then the other techniques that involve gentle movement, it's a matter of learning um, how to use less rather than more force or pressure. So exact, for example, we have a technique called lateral flexion where you, you go down the vertebra of the neck by using the nose to kind of, and the other hand on a neck to kind of in little stages wiggle your way down the neck. And so it's about, you have to learn the feel. So as you're, move, as you're asking for any movement, if you feel the horse start to brace against that movement, you have to soften your hand and I call it yield. And it's counterintuitive because when we, you know, normally when we work with horses or what we've learned is when the horse braces or pulls, we pull back. So there's learning the, the, the basic techniques and then learning that um, sense of feel while you're, where you learn to yield or soften when the horse braces. And then when the horse braces, because he's feeling discomfort in that area, when he braces, if you soften, he releases that um, tension, some or all. And then when you ask again, you feel it move through there um, without the horse bracing. So the, the, that part is just learning the feel and, um, and the, which is a little counterintuitive, like I said, but it's interesting because nowadays there's a huge movement to, um, you know, with less is more with horses, you know, with the trainers nowadays, natural horsemanship trainers or um, some of the older guys, they've learned that softening is better and less is more is better. So it's kind of going along with that. It kind of fits in with that trend. Yeah, yeah, it fits with our um, with our community massively. We're very much about all the things that you actually speak about, which is connection, feel, look for the slightest change in your horse, looking for tension in your horse, and then um, and then allowing it to release. Mm -hmm. And do you just choose like a, a line in the body and gently move your hands down it? Is that how you're looking for those things? The the reaction in the horse. Yeah, so the, the bladder meridian, you know, that line, it's an energy meridian. And, I, and that's, I don't, I didn't study Chinese medicine. I just, you know, that was the line that these ladies followed when they did to relax the horse. So that's what I, I use. Um, you can do it anywhere on the horse's body. The bladder meridian's convenient line because it starts up at the pole and it runs alongside the, the top line of the neck and alongside the top of the withers and alongside the back on either side and down the hind legs. So it's, actually covers, you know, the full length of the horse. It's easy to reach. Um, it, it turns out it's one of the major association meridians in the body that all the other meridians are associated with it. And it also runs through the key areas of the horse that, that when they accumulate tension, if you release that, they most affect performance. So I also learned, you know, through practice and through an observing um, that the, the pole atlas junction is probably the most, impo most important junction in the horse. Um, where the, the, the occiput and the first vertebra of the neck um, join together. Anything going on in the horse's body is going to create tension in the pole and atlas and vice versa. And the next key junction is the neck shoulder withers where the neck joins the trunk and where the forelimbs join the, the body, which makes sense. And then the third key junction is the sacroiliac sacrolumbar junction. And that's where the, the, all the force from the hind limbs that transfer into the body through that junction. So those three key junctions they, they accumulate tension from work, just normal work, from overwork sometimes, from, from uh, the natural um, asymmetry in the horse, from the rider, then the natural asymmetry in the rider. Also from issues such as feet, sore feet, or foot, or foot and leg issues, teeth. A lot of things create tension in the body and it doesn't, it doesn't build uh, symmetrically, it builds unilaterally. So um, they create torque in these junctions, torque in the pole and the atlas, torque in the neck shoulder withers junction, torque in the sacrum and sacroiliac 
Um, and so those three key junctions, when you release tension in those, you release tension in all the, the tissues around them too. And then there's everything else in between. It's not just those three key junctions, but um, I forgot where I was going with this, but- They're the foundations of any, it. My point- yeah, yeah, those, those the three are the foundations. I was just asking, yeah. um, do you just run your hand down the horse and you're looking for yeah. those? Yeah. So those. as you run your fingers down the bladder meridian, the horse will tell you where he's holding tension and he, he'll tell you when he's released it. And so it's, it's like in layers though, you know, the people always often, you know, use a comparison to layer peeling an onion. So by just doing this simple bladder meridian technique, which it's my goal that everybody in the world does that, um, with their horse and they can learn it free on our website uh, because it makes a huge um, difference in the horse and not just on the outside, but on the inside. Um, their nervous system lets go of tension. So it lets go, go, go of deeper um, core muscle tension and postural muscle tension. And then when you come along with the movement techniques, it releases tension in those areas and it gets even more movement. It, when you do the movement techniques in a movement in a relaxed state, it not only releases tension in those joints and junctions, but it also reprograms the horse's nervous system that, oh yeah, this moves now. You know, the nervous system isn't guarding against something because you've already moved it through it. And then the whole cream on their frosting on the cake is um, the releases you get from the horse, the visual releases, and then, then the head just dropping. And then, I mean, I mean, sometimes you have to stop or the horse will fall over if, they've, if you've gotten a huge release in ten tension. So that's kind of the, the the extra part that's really rewarding. Biting bugs are a pain for you and your horse. If you'd like some natural and ethically made relief for your horse, made by me, then head on over to EdenRiverEquestrian.com and grab some of the natural horse spray. There are two blends. The Kiowa blend may assist in keeping insects off your horse. The Gypsy Blend was formulated to assist in repelling insects and also supporting the healing of Queensland itch and other wounds on your horse. If you head on over to EdenRiverEquestrian.com and use the code COMEALONGFORTHERIDE, all one word lowercase, then you will receive 15% off your order. Get your horse some relief now. And how much of the Masterton method is related to the initial chiropractor that you... Um... Well, his, um, his techniques were long lever. And like I said, and I wanted to do what he did, but, you know, he, he spent years learning and years doing it. And, and uh, it would have taken me years to do it. And who knows how many horses, people that do work that way, not that have done some damage along the way. You know, he, I didn't ever see him do any damage, but... He'd been doing it for 40 years. So, you know, the, the way that he was adjusting horses required a lot of um, force and, and pressure, but he knew how to use it. You know, his feel was really amazing, you know, after 40 years. And so he could do it effectively and safely, but that's not something you can easily teach. And so uh, I started, um, I actually wanted to apprentice under him, but he, he wasn't, he didn't train people and he, you know, he wasn't interested in doing that. But whenever he came around, I would drive him from barn to barn and hold the lead rope. So I would I learned quite a, a lot just from watching him and just asking questions. And um, but you know, you it would take a long time to learn how to do that. And I wouldn't want to teach anybody how to do that. But this way that I do it, I would I could I could see I learned what he was doing and what areas he was adjusting, and I could kind of emulate those movements through those areas in a relaxed state and not all at once. 
So I could gently go through the horse's body and ask for this movement in a relaxed state. And then when, when I felt the resistance or the horse brace against it or pull back, I, I learned that if I soften, that the horse stopped pulling and then, then he would uh, release some tension and he'd start yawning and I could move through that area again. So it was just, you know, putting together a way to get this, the results I wanted, the same results with that, without having, having to um, use that much pressure or force. Yeah, I really see what you mean by working with the horse now. Well, it is. If the horse, if the horse doesn't participate in the process, it doesn't. This method doesn't work. If you don't observe what the horse is telling you and then respond to it in a way that the horse can stop bracing against it, it just doesn't work. You can go through the movements, but if the horse isn't isn't relaxed and doing it with you, then it's not it's not working. So the horse, <laughs> you have to do it with the horse, or it doesn't work. It's not just, you know, a nice thing to do. You, the horse has to be part of the process. So, and it is a nice thing to do. And what if you get a really resistant horse? You have to be patient. You have to learn how to soften. So that's the thing that the most important part of learning this. And that's why, you know, we have, have seminars, weekend workshops, seminar, seminar workshops and the hands-on courses because that getting that feel, you know, um, we think we know how to soften most people, but we don't really know how to soften to where the horse gets that we're 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 softening like if a horse pulls away we might pull a little less but that's not um not the same so um it's just getting that feel and timing and and you know everybody knows about timing but it's it's um getting that feel and timing that that really gets the horse to get that you're not that is to start to trust you and there's another in interesting aspect of this like once you get what the horse is telling you with its responses it's it's a huge difference but then once the horse gets that you get it it's even um bigger wow yeah i like it they just trust you they just go along with you but you're still going to come across horses that are very difficult to work on and we and it's more about they're protecting themselves and that you found something that's uncomfortable in them more than that than about just being a difficult horse. You know, there are a lot of horses that are difficult because they've been trained to be difficult. And um, it's not that hard after you do this for a while to, to get them to go along with you, but you're still gonna have the challenging horses. But you, it, it's taken me years and years and years. And when I stopped working on horses for a living on the show circuit and devoted my time full time to teaching it, that's when I really slowed down and, and I learned that the slower you go and the lighter you go, the more effective it is. And now I have trouble finding difficult horses to work on. And when I used to find them all the time, so I don't think it was them. I think it, it was that just the process of learning how to get softer and softer, but still be able to do it, you know, to do it. Yeah. So, but that's a journey everybody needs to take. And that's the journey everybody's on with horses. You know, if they want to get better and better with horses, they, they have to be open to getting better and better with horses. Exactly. And the, the thought I was having was learning this um, method of body work can only actually help you as a horse person with any horse, because having yes. that ability to really relax around a horse and notice your own tension is gold within itself without even putting your hands on a horse, you know, being able to do that yeah. is magic. Yeah, we had one of my early instructors was a dressage trainer and she came to one of my seminars and she just um, loved it. And, and, you know, dressage can be, depending on how it's, you know, ridden, um, can be good for the horse or not so good for the horse. Yeah. But she, she, start, she, she, she said it changed the way she rode 
the way she felt, you know, changed her hands, you know, and then it changed her body too. So the way she rides. That's profound, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Wow. And do you hear that a lot with people who learn it? How much of a transformation does the human have to have in learning this method? Oh, you know, I hear it all the time. So it just changed the way they, they work with horses, their whole way they work with horses. It's not just about uh, doing the body work just changes the way they handle them, the way they look at them. You know, I, um, I, I, my motive, my main thing isn't to ride now. You know, I, I, I have, like I said, I drive, I have two Morgans and I trail ride them. My wife and I trail ride them, but uh, you know, I would just assume work on them now. But so I think a lot of people that have come to this and that are riders, they actually spend more time doing other stuff with their horses now. Not that riding's bad. I mean, I love riding, but um, it does happen. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the awareness, really, isn't it? That you can get the similar thing that you get from riding, you can get just from being with them. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. What is it about riding? I mean, I love riding too, but um, I also love just hanging out with my horse. Well, riding is about relationship too. It's just uh, mm -hmm. doing something different with your horse to establish the relationship. Um, uh, so, you know, it's relationship with the horses, it's there, you know, it's just, you find ways that, um, fulfill that for you, that, uh, that work for you. Mm. And can you do, do you do like a lot of body work methods do just a, you can learn it just to do on your own horse. Do you teach that one as well with Masterton? Absolutely. Yeah. So my, my kind of whole philosophy when I was starting teaching this is to share it and if people and they try it and if they they like it and they want to learn more they can come and learn more and then if they want to learn more they can come and learn more but you know I want everybody to learn how to do some of this on their own what they can on their own you know and some people that's that's all they need that's all they need so you know we have a, we have a YouTube channel Master Method YouTube channel on our website, we have a link to that channel and we have, there's a, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 free video clips on how to do different things, techniques on your horse or with your horse. And, um, and I want people to go out and do them and then do them to whatever extent they can do them comfortably and safely and they're comfortable themselves doing it. And then if they, they want to just stick with that, they can stick with that. If they want to learn more then we have a, a book and DVD combination beyond horse massage that teaches instructional and how to do these these techniques and then if they the next well the best thing is to come to a, a weekend seminar and get hands-on instruction and um, we recently this last year with COVID um, we spent a lot of time developing online stuff because that's all anybody could do yeah and and uh, we had a lot we had a lot of seminars scheduled all over you know the U.S. and Canada and Europe and and a couple in Australia and New Zealand that we had to I thought when this all happened, well, we're going to have to cancel them all. And we've already registered all these students and they're going to, they're going to need their money back. And I'd make sure that we could get their money back. And then what happened was they didn't want their money back. They wanted to wait. So 75% of the, the courses we had scheduled eventually happened. And so, um, but in the meantime, people were finding us online and our newsletter list kind of went way up and, but we developed a membership program at two levels of online learning um, out of that whole thing with COVID. And so 
that's just two more avenues for people that can't get to a seminar to um, get some guided help practicing um, practicing this. But the, I guess the short answer, I, I, I kind of tend to go towards long answers, but the short answer is, yes, you can go on our website and learn a lot of this uh, and go out and try it and see if you get results and then come back and then you can get the next, whatever it is you want to do next. So. Wow. So you can do all the basics online. That's really interesting. And yeah. how does, because there's, there's like the human world, there's a lot of different methods um, of body work. Are you aware of most of them and how they're different? Well, yeah, I've become familiar with them, you know, through just being in the business. Um, I mean, there are a lot, you know, same with humans, a lot of alternative or complementary, complementary therapies and, or whatever you want to call them, depending where you live. And um, so I'm familiar with them. And, but here's an interesting thing, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's massage, sports massage, whether it's acupressure you do, whether it's um, osteopathy or whether it's chiropractic, whether whatever it is, once you learn how to slow down and, re, and pay attention to what the horse is telling you and give the horse time, to release tension, it's going to make any modality more effective. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, just, I think that most modalities out there would be twice as effective, at least if people knew how to slow down and step back and give the horse's nervous system time to process what the, the change that just happened before going on ahead, because um, the deeper the release, the, the, the longer it takes for the horse to process. And sometimes I think whether it's body work or riding or training or whatever, a lot of times we just kind of, kind of run over the, we just rush through that, giving the horse time to process, to process it. And how deep, yeah, we do. I agree with all of that. And I, I think that's something that I love the most about this is the actual slowing down part. How deep can you go with Masterson method? Can it go as deep as osteopathy? Well, the, um, well, it, yeah, in my opinion is yes, but um, I think sometimes it goes deeper because I've learned the lighter you go, the deeper the horse feels it. So, um, and it's like I said, you can't see what's going on under there. For example, the psoas muscles or the core muscles, you can't actually access them, you know, from the surface. But um, I remember if you want a story, I guess I was working on a horse uh, uh, down in Wellington. It was a jumper and it was a trainer's horse. So it was an important horse. And I was working on him and I was searching in the area of the, the lower back. And um, I knew the importance of the, the psoas muscles. And I eventually I learned the whole, how did the old, the whole pelvic and sacroiliac apparatus goes together. Cause that was a big one for me early on. I was trying to figure that out. But anyways, I was searching in the air, under the psoas muscles. I mean, in the lumbar area and the psoas attached under the lumbar spine. And I, learned to stay and wait long enough that when I got responses there and all of a sudden the horse gave a big, huge sigh and his back just kind of came up. And then I got, I, I did the techniques to get movement in that junction. And then I, I left and I, I came back the following week to work on that horse or another one. And it was a new trainer for me. And he said, what did you do to my horse? And I, and I said, uh Oh, you know, uh, well, I worked on him he was pretty, there wasn't a lot of movement in the, in the sacral lumbar junction. So I got that moving again. He says, I didn't even know my horse wasn't moving back there till this week. And so that, that was his Grand Prix jumper. And he was very, you know, successful at, at, uh, 
jumping at that level, but he didn't know that area wasn't moving until it freed up. Wow. So and he was an jumping at that level and he couldn't feel yeah. it. Wow. Well, the horses are amazing. You know, the, they can just do it, you know, and they'll do it anyways. You know, horses don't, they don't, you know, they don't have the option often to say, uh, I don't know if I can do that today. So, and often when they do, uh, they're, it's misinterpreted as, as bad behavior, poor behavior. So, um, but that was, that's just an example of how, you know, when you work on enough horses, you pick up these little things that they just start to make sense. So now we have techniques to release tension in the psoas and get that, that junction going. It just takes a little more time. And um, then, but anyways, my point is that when you go lighter, the lighter you go and the, the slower, the deeper the release of tension is. And, and people that learn this bladder meridian technique off the, you know, off YouTube or one of our videos or, or at a horse expo, whatever, it's, not, it's so simple to do. Um, we hear from them all the time that their horses, they've had a certain problem or problems for years and years and years and years, and it just changed from, from barely touching their horse. And wow. So I know that it works and uh, we just use those very light techniques to go, to get the horse to release deeper tension. You know, their nervous system, their parasympathetic nervous system is allowing tension to let go that it's been holding on to. They survive by blocking out um, pain and tension in order to survive because if they start to show weakness out in the wild and they start dragging a foot the minute they're their uh, their back gets sore, then they're a, they're a target. So they are programmed just to cover it up. And um, when you you find it by not by paying close attention to what they're saying and not putting pressure on them, and if you don't if you continue to keep the pressure off that guarding part, once you find where they're holding tension and then you back off that part that guards it and holds onto it starts to let go and then they release it. So their nervous system is releasing deeper tension that you're not even. You're just keeping their, their awareness on, on it long enough for them to release it. And then they tell you with the other behaviors, the, the release responses. And then they tell you afterwards when they're moving normally or more normally, you know, it's peeling off layers sometimes, but, um, and it's often, and I, let, I always say it's, it's, almost, it's almost always never just one thing when there's something going on with your horse. You, it's not, there's one thing that's connected to another and that's connected to another that might be caused by another because something else wasn't quite in balance. And so it's a process of just kind of going through all those nethers and, and then, uh, then you have a horse that, well, ideally, you know, they're like people, it's hard to get them perfect, but do um, have an improved horse anyways. And that, that's more comfortable in their body. So yeah. if I'm hearing this right, what you're doing is not an actual adjustment. It is a release of tension in the body so that the body adjusts itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're allowing the body to, to release tension so it adjusts itself. And the movement helps, you know, when you do the relaxed movement. But, um, you know, a lot of times a horse will release tension and then it'll, I mean, if you watch some of the videos we have on YouTube or other things, the horse will start to stretch on its own. So every once in a while you step back to see what the horse has to say. If you're doing just that simple bladder meridian technique and you step back and you see what the horse has to say and he, he'll stand there and blink a little while and then he'll, he might reach around and scratch his, or reach down and scratch his foreleg with his nose. And then you'll do a little more and you'll step back and he'll reach around and scratch his flank. And then you'll do a little more and he'll reach back with the hind leg and scratch behind his ear. And you'll start to see these patterns where 
the horse wants it, the tension lets go, they want to move through those range of motion like we do when we get up in the morning and stretch. So the horse will, will start moving on its own because it's feeling it can move through this range of motion comfortably now without feeling the need to protect it. So um, they'll adjust themselves. And, um, and if you do need a chiropractor, uh, the feedback from chiropractors that, that come back and work on a horse after it's been worked on is, wow, this, this, he, this was so easy to adjust this horse, or he doesn't need it here and here and here now. He might just need it here. <laughs> so um, that was a long answer again. No, that was a great answer because it, um, it's in my mind. I was trying to figure out what the technique actually was and what it's doing. And it's beautiful that it just goes in and releases the tension to allow things to adjust themselves. So you can adjust a sacrum through the Masterson method. Yeah, you release tension, any tension that's pulling on the sacrum. Um, and there, it, it's, uh, there might be, you don't know where it's coming from, the most, you know, where the most tension is in the body, but you just release it where the horse tells you it is. And then, um, when you have the movement techniques, like we have hind leg releases that ask for, it's actually to ask the pelvis to relax down on each side, you know? And so after you've released the tension with light work, then you do do some gentle movement techniques. And then it's not really an adjustment. It's just, I call it, it's, it's the, there's imbalanced tension in the horse and when it balances out, you know, and then things move in a normal way and another, a normal way for that horse. Because sometimes you'll look at a horse's you know, tuber sacral and up at the croup and you'll see one side's higher than the other or, in the, or the pelvis might be one side higher than the other and you say, oh, this horse needs an adjustment, it's uneven. But then you look at the front feet and it has a high foot and a low foot. Well, that's the horse's way of, of accommodating that imbalance in the front. So the goal for me isn't to even up the, the, the pelvis or the, or the sacroiliac. The goal is to release all the tension that's creating that and allow it to go where it's supposed to be for that particular horse. So to me, it's not so much about making the horse symmetrical. It's about making it balanced, you know, for that particular horse. Wow. And you, you teach all that as well, how to see those signs. That's, I can. Well, yeah, in our, in our advanced course and in our, then we have a certification program that takes about a year and the student goes out and does field work and works on lots of horses and then writes up what they did. And then they communicate with a mentor uh, over email and get feedback. And then at certain periods through that, they meet up with a coach. So the most, the main part of the certification program is learning to get really good at the techniques because that's what's important. Um, like uh, if it's loose, tighten it. I mean, if it's tight, loosen it, you know? Mm. And then after that, you, you, the focus is on what's causing what, you know, um, because we can release all the tension in the body that we want, but if something's causing it, there's a primary issue that's causing it. If you can help the owner find out what that is and they can treat that, then uh, ideally the tension won't come back. So after the certification uh, process in the field work is where we start the process, which is lifelong of learning, you know, what might be causing what, and you're always, you're never um, it, like, there's almost, there's rarely a, just a one right answer. So it's, it's like I said, it's a lifelong process of learning how things go together in new ways that might show up in the horse of, of um, new imbalances or new, things that you wouldn't have thought of before or nobody ever told you because only the horse knew it. You know? mm. And um, and I can see how each horse would be different as well. And that's why you come back to 101, which is the feel. Mm -hmm. Once you learn the feel and you're actually watching and listening and connecting with the horse, that's where um, if you're able to get that quietness and calmness, the horse is probably going to tell you in the end, really. 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head because you can't you can't go in with an agenda when you work on the horse. If you have any agenda at all, the horse is going to pick up on it and he's going and he's going to internally brace against it. You know, it's not it's foreign to them. So they pick up on your intention really a lot. So if your intention is, oh, I'm going to fix this, then the horse naturally internally is going to be guarding against it. So you have to go in with no no agenda and see what the horse has to say. And then you, in the process of working on the horse, you're gathering information about what's going on with the horse's body. You know, this was tight here, this was tight here. Oh, this, when I was working in this area in the lower neck, his right, his hind, his hind leg kept, uh, he kept snatching his hind leg up because he was feeling something in the groin possibly. So you start to put these things together. And then when you're done working on the horse and getting all the info from the owner and all the info from the horse, then you can step back and say, well, let's see what might be going on with this horse. But if you try to do that from the beginning, then you're not going to be as successful because the horse will pick up on it. Mm, and uh, yeah, they'll block the... Yeah, yeah, they don't even know they're doing it. They just, it's foreign to them. Oh, this person has an agenda. They're probably not thinking those words, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. But I completely understand. Yeah. yeah. And it's not... And, and oh, I'm sorry. You're right. It is subconscious for them. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't be able to explain to you what they're doing, but... No. Yeah, I used to do equine therapy and if I, um, equine assisted counseling... And if I ever went into those sessions with an agenda, they didn't work either. Yeah. So it's on, on many levels. I completely get it. I had to surrender completely and go, whatever happens in front of me, I can deal with it. And you don't get that until you realize that you're not getting results with the horse. Mm. You know, it's not like you can figure that out. It's like, well, this isn't working. And then you finally just kind of give up. And then all of a sudden it's working. Um, but you know, picking up a foot is the is an example because um, a lot of people been picking up horses' feet, you know, their whole lives, and they've had to pinch the flexor tendon and pull on the the fetlock or do something, you know, there's a little to get the horse, you know, to pick up his leg. And um, when I go to pick up a horse's leg, I just step in and I put my hand down there and I say, "Give me your foot." And nine times out of ten, the horse gives me his foot. And it's not because he speaks English, because it might be an Arabian, you know, and I wasn't speaking Arabic, but it, the horse will pick up his foot. And it's because he picks up on my intention. And, the, and the, my intention is clear because I'm saying it. A lot of people, they might think, well, my intention is to pick up the horse's foot. And they're thinking that. But what they're really thinking is, am I going to have to pinch? Am I going to have to pull? Is he not going to give it to me? That's what they're thinking. But if they were just, would say, give me your foot, then they're clear on their intention. And then the horse uh, is clear on the intention. So um, that's an example of, for me, of, like it's a demonstration of how the horse just picks up on your intention. And sometimes we don't know our intention isn't what we want it to be. So. Yeah. God, there's a thousand lessons in that itself. Yeah. There really yeah. is. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, we, we had, we had, we had uh, people contact us that were using the bladder meridian technique, working with their clients in the equine assisted therapy setting or, you know, in that, to, to just get their, their clients present. And so, um, and it was working. So we, we did um, put together a, a three-day course for people that work in that setting, whether they're volunteers or whether they're therapists to learn how to do the bladder meridian with their clients safely and effectively and to use it in, in that setting. Um, but it came, it came up in a bigger way. One of our instructors was teaching a, 
a short clinic at a, at a facility for at-risk girls. And it was a ranch and it was an in-residence facility. And she wanted to show them, you know, a few techniques that they could do, you know, just to connect with their horses and make their horses feel better. And um, I think like a week later, they said that one of the people from the, the therapy side, the mental health therapy side, called over to the barn and said, what, what did you guys do? And, um, and they said, well, we did this. And a couple of the girls had breakthroughs after uh, going through that with the horse becoming completely present and seeing the horse in a different way and probably seeing maybe themselves in a different way, but it, it was pretty um, impactful. So we thought, well, we better, you know, put together something so we can teach people how to do this in a safe and effective way. Because sometimes the horse's nervous system will get overloaded if you're not paying attention and you, you're, they're feeling such deep stuff that they'll pin their ears and kind of, you know, maybe bare their teeth at you. It happens every once in a while. Like for us, it's no big deal, but it might be for somebody that's in a, in a program. So we wanted to create a, uh, teach people how to do it safely and effectively. Yeah. It, um, I, I can see that I can see very clearly the, um, the, the depth of what you're doing and what you're actually teaching is, um, is quite profound and it gives me hope because, um, in chatting with you, I can tell that you're a bit like me and you're quite an excitable character. So you can, you can get quite up in your body and your energy when you're talking about something you're passionate about, but then you're able to go to a horse, you're able to drop all that and leave it behind and actually tune in. Yeah. Oh, did it show? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is exciting and, and I love to share it with people. So I'm lucky I have a, I have a business sharing. Yeah, but it's, so. it's like, it's like I'm like that too. And that gives me hope that if you can be excited in oh, life and then go to a horse and drop it all and actually yeah. tune in, that other people like me would be able to as well. Because my only concern oh, yeah. is how do I drop in? Would I be able to drop it all? Would I? Because I can see Jim can do it, but could I really do it? And so listening to you and talking to you now, hearing how excited you are and, and that you can get excitable and hold that in your body, but you can also drop it all and go to a horse and and tune in it kind of happens organically in the process mm. you know of the person when you're doing running your hands lightly down the bladder meridian and just watching the horse's eyes that pretty soon your nervous system settles down you know it's almost because you're you're just observing you're not thinking pretty soon you stop thinking you're just observing and um so it kind of it's a good tool <laughs> you know it just happens yeah it sounds like own. a good some, for some people it's easier than others but you know, it's just being conscious of it for the, you know, sometimes people have a little trouble because um, mostly people that are perfectionists and want to get it right and they're waiting and they're not sure they're doing it right because maybe the horse is taking longer to respond because every horse is different. And so they start to doubt it. But once they learn to just stay there and wait, um, then the, it just happens kind of on its own that they, they start to get it. Okay. I'm, it's a waste of time for me to think about what's going on here because I have no control over it. The horse is completely the one running the show here. Well, not completely, but the one that's, that has to release. I can't make it happen. It, uh, it sounds like it's almost as good a human therapy as it is a horse therapy. Yeah, well, I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, wow, it sounds amazing. 
What's one horse, uh, one last story that really pops into your mind that had has had amazing results or, or how's a horse's life really changed from the Masterson method? Well, the, the, I liked working on the show jumpers because, well, you know, any, any, any sport, but uh, some of those horses uh, work really, really hard. Well, they all do. And that some of them are extremely sore and they're extremely, I would say compromised, but they're so they, the reason they're such a good uh, performance horse is because they do it anyways. So they're in extreme discomfort and um, they're often they're, they're constantly calling the vet on it to treat one thing or another. And so I'll see the change in the horse from the body work. And um, maybe on the trainer side, all of a sudden they're not having to call the vet so much, but they may not put two and two together. They didn't realize their horse was, was so sore. And so there have been quite a few horses like that, you know, that it, they're just rewarding to work on as long as they, it, it makes their life better. It doesn't make their life work because there are some have been some horses that I wouldn't go back and work on because I was, they were working them harder after, after they got the body work and, um, and they were ready to break down anyway. So, but um, the one I like a few years ago in California and um uh he actually we have him on our youtube channel somewhere his name's whisper so if you were to search whisper uh i was working on him and he he was a jumper and the the owner gradually over the years the horse had been giving her more and more trouble he just wasn't happy he wasn't comfortable and she didn't know what it was and and i worked on him and it was at a class a, a clinic and so one of the students videotaped on the phone the end of the session where the horse was almost his legs were buckling and he or she who was a mare she was you know her legs were buckling so i had to kind of back off it at occasions and her nose was literally down in the dirt and um and um and i asked the owner if he'd been or she'd been in an accident or because she felt like the horses that were often in the past that were in a trailering accident or took a tumble over a jump or ran into something they get jammed up and then it just kind of locks up you know and then they'll stay that way for years until somebody comes along and loosens it up. And, and she said, no, I don't remember anything. And then, um, and then I said, well, it feels like she was like, something's happened during the past, some kind of trauma, but it's obviously she's something's happened now. So she's looking better. And so she emailed me later and she said, she's going really well. Now she can actually do stuff with her. And she said, I remembered afterwards that maybe five years previously she had fallen in a ditch. And so that was, and she and these horses will get up and trot off sound because their their adrenaline's going and they don't they need to not show it and but gradually things will tighten up and, and um, so that I, I just remember whisper and one one reason I remember is because it's on there's a short video clip of her almost collapsing during the body work so um, but that? you know there have just been so many and mm -hmm. also so many people that contact us with the you know and talk about horses their horses that have had an issue a mystery lameness for years and it's not in the feet and legs uh, it's not in the joints um it's up in the body it, i call it a mystery lameness mystery hind end or front end and and once you release the the core muscle tension and the sacrum and the groin and the deeper groin muscles and the psoas and the core muscles and then get the front end too because they're connected then often you'll see an improvement in that or i hate to use the word fix because that's have, that's an agenda but if you try, if you don't have the attitude, you're trying to fix something, you're just trying to make an improvement and then make another one. If you let go of that need to fix something, often you end up, maybe end up being fixed. Mm. So.
Yeah. And but whisper uh, on our YouTube channel or some, I think on the, we have free video link on our website and that takes us to the, or takes you to the YouTube channel. If you search in whisper, I, she might come up. It's pretty, it's pretty, uh, I just go back and watch it every once in a while because it's so fun to watch. Yeah. And um, I get tired of watching Lone Ranger. Reboot, so I go watch <laughs> Do the horses say thank you when you, um, when you finish a treatment? Well, they're grateful. You can tell they're grateful. Mm. And, um, you know, and some, that's most horses, you know, some horses, they're still freaked out, you know, they're still freaked out by it inside, you know, they're, they, and they'll go, uh, usually when you step back to see what they have to say, most horses, after they've processed what just happened after five or 10 seconds, they'll come up to you. But if you stay right up close to them, they'll go away from you. Oh, and yeah. so, but there are some horses that they, it's just a lot for them to handle to, you know, feel, uh, they haven't been feeling that stuff. They've just been blocking it out. And so they rather would just keep blocking it out. So uh, sometimes they, they need to just go put their head in the corner and process it. But you can feel when, you know, that after they're feeling better that they, they do associate it with you and they get, like I said, they get that you get what they were saying yeah yeah in every way how beautiful now in osteopathy um they i have been like there's been a an adjustment and they look through the spine and then they can connect it through to an organ does masterson go as deep as the organs how deep does it no, go mm -mm. no it's there's no we don't we don't um we just look for interconnections in the horse through the horse's behavior. And so it doesn't, it doesn't go into the organs. So that is, you know, if you, if you are trained in osteopathy and you're searching and we have a couple of, um, a few of our people that have gone through our program and one who's an instructor who went through an osteo osteopathy program in the, in the States and got their degrees and, and, and you can add in the feedback from the horse, which is searching, watching responses to whatever you're doing. You're going to, be able to gather more information. So um, we don't do that because I'm not trained in it and I don't want to, I just want to focus on, um, focus on what we do. Yeah. But like it's I just said, interesting earlier, figuring out, yeah, figuring yeah. out what each modality does. And that's why I love that there's so many modalities as well, because I can stand and look at my horse and go, what do you need right now? And somebody <laughs> will pop in and it's like, well, that, that one's got just what you need in this little bit, but I can also do this myself you know, all the time. So it's really great to understand that um, that there is a lot to choose from and each of them has, um, you know, value. Most things work well together, you know. Yes, so. yes. And I think if we all, um, including vets, understood that, um, what a different place the world would be for horses. Yeah, well, vets are trained, you know, to do what they do. They're trained to learn all the parts or the bits, depending on what part of the world the horse is in. And, and then they learn how to fix those parts. And um, so that's just their training. So, you know, they're good at what they do, but it, you know, the vets that I, I like that more and more vets are starting to look at the whole horse and, and look at things that maybe they didn't learn that they can add in to their practices to make them more effective. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, I'm told I um I haven't, dealt with any vets in any other countries but i'm told we're a little bit um little bit less educated here with um with vets 
So um, we have a little bit longer to go, but I'm told over in the US um, and Europe, the vets are amazing and they integrate well with other with other modalities and things some of the old school that they don't want anybody messing with the horse yeah you know we've got a lot more of those (laughs) yeah they feel like you somebody might hurt their horse hurt the horse by pretending to know more than they know so you know that's i we try to stay within the limit of what we do the best and not try you know i'm uh, i'm always counseling my students don't try to be the vet don't pretend you're the vet yeah um you're not the vet the vets are the vets and they know what they're doing. Yeah. They know what they're doing. And then um, just focus on what you do. So when early on, um, I, I had a hard time explaining what I, what this body work was. And so uh, my wife said, you need to come up with a 15 second elevator speech, which means if you were in the elevator with somebody for 15 seconds and you had to explain to them what it is you do, that they would kind of, they would get it. And so um, I, what I, how I described it is a method of equine body work where you learn to read and follow the responses of your horse. I hope it release tension and key junctions of the body that most affect performance. So there's those three aspects of it. And, and so that was the elevator speech. And um, early on, one of the people that I trained, a certified practitioner called me from the East Coast and she was felt a little intimidated because she was in a barn working on a horse. And there was another lady, a couple people, they were massage therapists and they were working on another horse and they had the horse in the cross ties and they were pointing out to the owner that this muscle is a little more developed here and this muscle you can see here and you know they had a lot of latin words um in their, in their vocabulary and so uh marie felt a little intimidated by that and she she called me up about it and i said well um the, it's um they can know every muscle in the body and if they don't get results they're not going to get called back or they might get called back once. And I said, you don't have to know every muscle in the body. If you get results, you're gonna, they're gonna call you back. So you don't have to be an expert in what they're doing. You just, you're an expert in reading and following the horse's responses to release tension and key junctions of the body, the most effect performance. That's what you're an expert in. So um, stick with that and you'll be successful. And did she? Yeah. 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 She ended up working where I used to work down on the, jump, on the show jumpers. <laughs> Uh, there you go <laughs> well I, I put her into I kind of steered her that way because she was really good yeah wow oh that's amazing so how do we learn more about the Masterson method it sounds fantastic well the website is the best place um, mastersonmethod.com and um, there are you can look at all the courses we teach where they are um, you can read about it you can go look at the YouTube videos uh, let's see I was just on it earlier. There's a video there on that teaches you how to do the bladder meridian. Um, let me see if I can. It's on the about page. If you scroll down the about page, it'll take you to a video on the bladder meridian and that it shows you how to do the bladder meridian. It's very, very simple. You just have to have patience and trust that it's working and don't. And no matter how light you're going, go lighter. You know, a lot of these techniques, if, 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 it's, if you're not getting a result and the horse isn't releasing, you got to go lighter not you don't go more you go less and then yeah and so that's that's the place to go to see and then we have a calendar showing all the courses so we have um we have an instructor in australia and we may be uh at some point have a have another one or two but um and i used to go every year but i haven't gone i think it's two years now so but when things get going again we'll have more in australia where are you in australia brisbane Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. So southeast. I've been up there to teach a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. There's a big concentration of horses in this area. 
southeast Queensland. It's um it's horse country. And we're very lucky because we're very close to a city and we get to have horses. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we're in a good we don't have great internet, but we get to have horses near a city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give up the internet for having horses yeah. so close to a city. Yeah. We're very, very lucky. Um, but if we wanted to learn, you said there's you can do a little bit online. Yeah, you, uh, well, or the Beyond Horse Massage book and DVD. And I think it's sold in Australia too. Um, it's called Beyond Horse Massage. So either the book or the DVD or both um, is a good place. It's instructional. And I, I want people to go out and try it and practice it you know, and see. Don't be afraid to do it because it's you can't, it's hard to hurt the horse with this, you know, this method. Yeah, that's and why I like some of these. Emmett's quite similar. I've done the level one in Emmett. And it's like you can't hurt your horse. It's um, yeah. you know, it's it's a you you're hitting a pinhead with a sledgehammer. You'll be okay. Just go gentle, you know. <laughs> and I love these types of bodywork that you can actually do yourself. You don't have to be an expert, and it's a lot about feel. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's the place is the website, and and we have another video called Light to the Core, and those techniques are all. It's a two DVD set, and I think I work on three different horses and. It's instructional, but it's all light work. There's no no lifting up legs or doing anything that requires um, holding. Like there are some techniques where we hold the leg up and wait for the horse to release. But the light to the core, um, you you can get it streaming or on a DVD. Um, and I don't know, you might be interested that recently, I don't know if you know Mark Rashid. Yes, he's a horse trainer. Yep. Yeah. So we do clinics together a few times a year and. Um, are we running out of time or you want me to? No, 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 no. We point? don't have, okay. we're a podcast. We can go for as long as we oh, want. Okay. Okay. Um, we got together quite a few years ago because he's all about softness and um, he would have people come to his clinics with a horse that they wanted to work on a problem they're having. And he has a really good eye for seeing the horse move and where there might be restriction in the horse's movement and the riders. And he, he said, 30 to 40% of the horses that were brought to him, he wouldn't give them a lesson because he said, you need to go take care of this. Your horse is in part, part or a big part of your problem is because your horse can't do what you're asking comfortably. And so he's bracing against it. So he got tired of sending away so many clients. So he and his wife came across uh, our body work and we hooked up and she's a certified practitioner now, but we thought it would be a good idea. She came up with the idea of doing clinics together because we'll watch the horse go together and we'll, um, that comes in and then we have auditors. So the auditors actually get the best, the most benefit out of this, but we'll talk about what we're seeing in the movement and we'll talking about what might be causing it and how it relates to what they're, what the problem they're having. And if the horse needs body work, then I'll work on the horse. And then the next day they'll come back and do the lesson. So they get the benefit of, of uh, well, all the knowledge, you know, the knowledge about what, what's going on with the horse and what might could be going on with the horse and then they get the the body work and then they get the they get the lesson so we do those clinics together two or three times a year and um a filmmaker in los angeles came to colorado and filmed one and did a documentary and and it's turned it turned out it was more about the riders and their journey they picked two ladies that were in the clinic and made a documentary about it called the mind like still water and um it's you can rent it on YouTube or uh, not YouTube like Apple TV or or um, what some of those streaming platforms mm -hmm. you can rent it for two ninety nine or you can buy the video streaming but it's a really neat neat story and it's not so much about 
the body. It's not so much about, it's not about the body work at all, actually. It's about um, you, how you are and with your horse. Because yeah. when you have to, like, like I can see the link between therapy, um, my counseling that I used to do and this body work. And it is when you actually drop the story when you actually have to be present in the moment, well, you have to deal with yourself to be able to do that as well. So I can see how that would transform people, giving them that ability just to find that place of peace within themselves. I can see how this would transform people. Yeah, that's what that, that documentary is about. It's about that. It's not about what do you do to your horse to make it better, you know, when it's not doing what you want it to do. It's about what do you do in yourself to make it better first yep which goes back to my you know i've always believed horses are here for a reason i'm like these amazing beings that become domesticated that allow us to get on their goddamn back when they could effectively throw us off every single time why on earth like i'm the wide person i'm like why on earth would any animal allow humans to do this and um and it just goes to show how much they are here to teach us and they're about here to yeah. teach us about our humanness. yeah in every way and the more people i talk to in every facet of this work um yeah the more i i believe that that's that's what they're here to do and we get pleasure out of it as well and they have to be getting something out of it they must enjoy it oh i think they li they like the interaction with with humans mm. you know i mean if they had their choice they'd be out in the wild on the prairie running around you know their horses yeah but they they that's not their life now and so you know i think they enjoy the interaction with people if it's the right interaction and it can even be you know work you know horses like a horses like a job and they like a routine but they they want to be feel safe and they want to be physically comfortable doing it mm. yeah and this is one amazing way to be able to do that it's a beautiful thing. Well, Jim, thank you so much for talking to me today, but thank you for the journey you've been on to bring this to the world because it's not just a body work. Well, you don't have to thank me and enjoying doing it. So yeah. it's, helping, it's helping horses. So. Yeah. And it's helping people with their horses. It's so. helping everything. It's like the little connection of why we're even here. Why are horses and humans together? Learn the Masterson method and Masterson method and you might just find out. Yeah, might help a little bit. It might. It may not fix everything, but it'll make an improvement. <laughs> and, you know, that I think that's life. I've, um, uh, you know, you learn. Somebody was talking about, you know, I'm always learning and I don't feel like I'm there yet. I'm like, oh, no, that's death. You know, that's, that's when we die. When we've got it all, that, that's when ascension happens and we go to the next one. So don't think that you're ever going to have it all figured out. <laughs> we just keep adding to our toolbox and we keep doing what's in front of us and, and, and um, taking the next step when we need to and feel it's right. Yeah. And this is a really beautiful way to do it for your horses and for yourself. It's wonderful. Well, I think so. <laughs> but i'm a little biased so. yeah yeah and uh and so you should be because it's uh it's wonderful and it's something that you've grown yourself and now it's worldwide that must be an amazing yeah. feeling well yeah i'm i'm lucky it just kind of happened it's happened that way it's just like open door opens go through it see what happens yeah but um you know it, it, all of your listeners can just go to the website now and just start i mean pick up stuff that they can start doing with their horses right away without yeah, I having to buy anything or without having to worry about hurting their horse yeah. or getting it right. Like, if you just follow the most basic instructions and have a little patience, you can't do it wrong. 
you can only do it better. Yeah. So straight to the about page and look at the bladder meridian video and technique because it's yeah, actually it's there. I've, I've got it there. So that's a great place for people to go to right now or when they stop driving their car and, um, and get into mm-hmm. it. But for now, thank you so much, Jim. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. It has been a pleasure. I enjoyed it. I'm on a mission to create a community of conscious horse people so that their horses all over the world can live a better life. This is a big mission with a wonderful message and it needs your help. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to join me on my mission of making the world a better place for horses by bringing consciousness to the horse world, please do one of the following. You can go over to our Patreon page at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash come along for the ride podcast and become a subscriber to the show. As Patreon members, you're helping this podcast become a weekly show once again. And remember, any funds that go over the cost of production will go into new and exciting projects that you, as a subscriber, will have a say in. You could also pop over to EdenRiverEquestrian.com and see our range of sustainable, ethical and organic gear for both horses and humans. Remember, 50% of profits go back to helping horses all over the world live a better life. Or you could leave us a review and tell the world why you love this podcast. You can do that through whichever app it is that you're listening now. The best place to do it is through iTunes. They give juice that gives other bits juice that boosts the podcast up. And basically that gets it into more people's ears so that we can make a real difference in the world. You could also share this podcast with a friend. Tell everyone you know about it and guide them to an episode that you think they'd really enjoy. All the links you need can be found in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and I'll catch you next time on Come Along for the Ride.